listeners, we are back for another episode of a very pointless podcast about absolutely nothing. It's That's What She Said. Thank you to Sportsbet. Georgie Parker here, joined with me by my very overachieving friends, Bubs Barbieri and Ashley Nelson. I think that's the nicest thing, I've, like, way I've ever introduced you. See, usually I'm actually... It's, usually I'm, it's Bubs, I can't retire, and <laughs> Ashley... I've just got no ACLs left, Nelson. <laughs> I'm prepared. Um, oh, hello, Georgie. Still haven't fulfilled a bet, Parker. That's how I was going to respond. And now you introduced me nicely and I feel like I'm actually a troll. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, look, um, I do need to fill this bet for the new listeners. We suggest you probably don't ever listen to us, but if you are listening to us for the first time, uh, I clearly have multiple teams that I've I support due to multiple reasons, um, but Collingwood, of course, my number one team due to my three very, very average games for them. And Ashley is a diehard West Coast supporter, so we did have a bet on that game where oh, I'm ashamed. I was ashamed to be a Collingwood supporter that game. I will fulfil that. That will get on my socials um, in due course. That's I, how I know you're not a real Collingwood supporter, mate. You just gave yourself a way. No Collingwood supporter would ever say uh, that they would be embarrassed to be a Collingwood no, supporter. No, no, no. You would be embarrassed with the performance that they put in. You need to be harsh and, and real about your team's performances. Uh, criticism doesn't mean you don't love them. It means uh, that you're... Oh, okay. Okay. I can't Ooh, that's a fine line because I've met a lot of Collingwood supporters that were like, oh, it was just a, it was just a once-off. Oh, no, no, no. It was very bad. And you can't have a once-off with the amount of grand finals we lost. Yes, Ash. Oh, I just thought last night was the night. Um, for those that didn't realise or check our socials, uh, Parker and I, Bubs, and fortunately you weren't invited and included. It was like that little <laughs> book and book situation where no one came to the party. But you weren't invited. Um, Parker and I were boundary riders for different radio stations last night for um, the Dockers game. Um, and I thought no, no, that was, I think that is the that key. That was the time. That was no, the time no, no. to do it because you would be sitting there in your Eagles gear watching the Fremantle Dockers take on Hawthorne and it would have ticked two boxes. It would have been a photo of you at another team's game in another team's jersey and then also Guernsey and then also it would have been that you've actually fulfilled the bet so I no, was no, really no. looking forward to it but slash I know you had to be professional and it wasn't I like had to, you but you I, were. I had to be professional um I also we've discussed this on air and the, the listeners agree it was a resounding yes to me in this in this one of you should not wear other teams uniform or merchandise at another game they were not playing that would have not made sense i am i am doing the game on saturday or sunday whenever they're playing so maybe maybe i can pull out some west coast gear then i will also i will also add in that if that was a soccer match football match real football um you might have been stabbed to death doing that see in in our code (laughs) if, if particularly in Crosstown Rivals or, yeah. like, namesake, because I went to a Celtic range. I went to a Rangers match, right, in Australian gear, and that had, like, the, it was the Adidas era and we had black with gr- green and white stripes. Celtic, who is, you know, you know, you don't cross Rangers and Celtic. So we were in a Rangers game in our Aussie gear, and they all thought we were Celtic supporters and we nearly died. 
And we had to walk around saying, we're Australian. We're Australian. We're sorry. We don't know anything. We don't uh, know what we're doing. Don't kill us. <laughs> we don't. And I, I agree with that. I think it's just not done. It's just not the done thing. So I, I think I escaped it then. I will put it up. I will put it up. Um, and I agree with that. I didn't really feel like copying any abuse from Fremantle supporters. It's just that Bubs isn't getting any younger. So when are we going to see this come to fruition? Hey, look, I've got six weeks I'll, in here, baby. Wear, I don't need to go anywhere. I'll wear it at a funeral. <laughs> oh, oh, what the fuck? What's that? It's just well, I'm dying. I'm just saying you're old. <laughs> you're having a good time doing it, Bubs. That's the main thing. It's all about quality of life. <laughs> oh. No, but... But at your funeral, I can do a Judge Judy. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, what are they, a eulogy. What are they, a eulogy. A eulogy. I was going to call it an epilogue. But what is that? A eulogy. I can do a Judge Judy eulogy if you'd like it. <laughs> I'd like you to stand up there and just give a rendition of my years of service to... Um, she only retired last week before she perished. <laughs> She died playing the game she loved. <laughs> All of the above. And you can end it with gamble responsibly. <laughs> don't bet on bubs. No, don't bet on <laughs> We should do a, an overs or under when you're going to retire. Uh, well, maybe next week we, we can run it past you. We'll, we'll develop one and then we can run it past you see if you're happy with it, okay? Yeah. Uh, well, what what determines retiring for you? Because you're like, oh, I'm never going to give it up. And this isn't on the run sheet. Like, is playing local level sport? That's but that, that for me, retired. Yeah, but that's considered retired. Oh yeah, sh- sure. Like uh, W League. If if I'm, yeah. I don't think I'll I'll play for another club. So if my club doesn't want me anymore, then. And I'm pretty sure it's a professional environment. So if I'm not keeping up or not doing the right things, they'll t- certainly tell me. So, yeah, yeah, very, very good. <laughs> I had something. I actually had something to discuss because I said, "Oh, you went on rogue. Air. You went rogue off the run sheet, and and now the has ended." I forgot what I was talking about. No, I remember before we got on air, I said, "Oh, I'll speak about that on air." What was it about? <laughs> I can't remember. Either. <laughs> I remember. I don't know what it was. I really don't know what it was. I was distracted by how good that Bubs was looking. Um, but then she also spoke about her little effort on the Today Show because, you know, she is a star in the making but just didn't quite nail the Today Show, Bubs. Do you want to expand on what happened on live TV? No. Well, of course, Melbourne being in lockdown, I had to do the Zoom or Skype meeting for the Channel 9 cross and... Um, you know, I was just explaining an app and, and what it does for the kids, but right in the middle of it, I uh, I switched on my earphones thinking it was the volume button, but the music started playing in my in my ear holes and, and I couldn't hear a thing and I actually sounded like a blubbering idiot. But um, <laughs> Beauty of live TV. Yeah, but I, I pulled it off like a champ and, yeah, it's it very- continued on. It's very hard to have someone in your ear and you get used to it and I'll never forget and, I, and I, I'll try to endeavour to find the footage of this before this goes to air and I, I might not be able to but there's a girl, Anna Flanagan, who plays hockey, <laughs> who she was over in India commentating. In, hockey's very big in India. So she was over in India and she had someone in her ear. She was interviewing one of the Australian players, was interviewing him 
And they started talking to her as she was interviewing. And her, you see her face, she turns into a stunned muller and she just goes, thanks, back to commentary. <laughs> exactly how I felt. Yeah, because, you know, it was a, I was like, what just happened? Did she just have a stroke? I was, it was a funny thing. I'll try to find it to be able to get the, the audio in because it was that good. App that you used to have where it basically um, used to slow down your voice and so you could kind of hear yourself but slower. And delay. And delay and, and you couldn't speak properly. That's it's almost so what Anna's looked like and sounded <laughs> like. And we only say it because we love her and she'd be okay with us saying it as well. But it was very, very funny to um, to see it. And I think she kind of tried to just shuffle off to the side of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so funny. I've never, yeah, it was, it was so good. Um, but, guys, let's get into the first segment of today. It's a very important one. It's my favourite segment, clearly, because it's all about me. It's called Judge Judy. You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Georgina Parker. It's the it's the one and only sting that we have made here at Sportsbet, and it's all about me, of course. She blew the budget. She blew the budget. <laughs> Is that <laughs> Jacob that goes Georgina Parker? Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, Dino, guy from work, Dean. Oh, right. Our, our go-to um, video and uh, meme creator. And I got him. expert. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's done very, very well. Anyway, but because it's all about me, it's the only reason I got one made, of course. Now, we have been, guys, well, when do I say we? I have made <laughs> it into the news. <laughs> yes. Yes. Without I made it into the news. Without meaning to, um, I thought maybe we might make it for our incredibly good podcast at some stage, but unfortunately um, the viewers don't seem to be flocking in numbers here. But, look, I have made the news, whether warranted or not, and it's going off of um, the incident at Richmond Football Club where um, maybe Ochoa was touched uh, in his private parts uh, by teammates, right? Something that I don't think anyone would really condone things like that happening on TV, right? That's the only thing with me. But now what's happened, I woke up this morning a couple of hours behind East Coast time and I'm all over the news about a photo that I've done with my teammate, Catherine Slattery, which I did after every time we had the anthem of a little tap on the bum, let's ready to go. And now I'm in the news and apparently I'm a sexual harasser and assault. <laughs> And I'm on par with uh, Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. So, guys, look, if, you, if you're wanting to make a complaint about me, do it now because today's the day to do it. Go straight Here's to jail. Time. Here's your go, time. Go straight to jail. You are well, guilty. <laughs> it's funny well, you say that. You're, um, yeah, you've become infamous now, haven't you? I mean, that's uh, the choice oh. you make. You either become, well, don't be famous at all or be infamous and look at you go. I mean, I did actually notice social media light up this morning and I went, oh, that's, uh, that's Georgie Parker and Catherine Slattery, which has been your photo for a, a long period of time. But I four, think obviously with the incident that started four years. <laughs> The media has cottoned on to uh, that that photo, um, but I guess it's a it's an interesting story at the moment, isn't it? Because I was actually taking a look at the AFL release, and of course, you know they can't be seen to condone 
what was happening in the the change rooms as far as the guys touching um and it wasn't it wasn't touching on the behind it was a bit of a, a frontal sort of touch but they did say that it is a workplace and that's probably the interesting debate that kind of starts to happen with this yeah. is that is the sporting environment a sports field is it a workplace and then on top of that i think that there's no way that i would go into a workplace and give my work colleagues a tap on the bum which is <laughs> what we would generally do in a sports environment you might at I, I, yeah <laughs> um you tap me on the bum no but this is a this is the thing that like with any of my friends and essentially your um your teammates do become your friends, it's, you know, especially as part of the hockey ruse. You spend so long together, you travel together, they are your friends, they are your family, they are closer than work colleagues. And when I'm with my friends, I've got no doubt that some of my really good friends, I will give the occasional bum tap or little bum pinch to or what have you, usually in jest or it might be a congratulatory bum tap as well. It is something that has happened and it is usually done because of, yeah, either having a bit of fun or actually um, doing it because you're congratulating them. It's never been about sexual innuendo well, or anything along those lines. And no one took offence to it as well. I mean, the amount of times that probably someone scored a goal and you've given them a little bum tap, um it's you know it is it is an interesting conversation to have and you're not condoning it but at the other side of things i don't think that we're going to completely stamp it out from sport people touching each other on the bottom it was quite aggressive though like when i when i think back when i look at the footage and i think that's quite aggressive and he's he's obviously like no back back off (laughs) it's not I, i with this i think the only opinion in this incident with him and his mates, the only opinion of whether it's appropriate or not of his body is him. He's now come out and said, I've taken no offence to it. I've spoken to other Richmond players who have said he's so embarrassed about the hoo-ha about this where he's not getting asked questions about it. People are telling him Talking around how him, he yeah. should feel, what he should think, as opposed to saying, you know, it's kind of like... Damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. If he says he doesn't mind, they're going to say, well, you should mind. If he says he does mind, well, you shouldn't. It's boys being boys. I I feel as though the only opinion who it should matter in this situation is his. I'm not saying that that means it should be happening on TV screens. Um, that and that's where it becomes a problem. Is it, because is it different because it was the sort of frontal touch rather than the the pat on the bottom? I, well, I, I still do. Do you I, think? I because so. I mean, at the end of the, I mean, one's probably a little bit more intimate than the the other, but that kind of touching and intimate touching probably has been happening for years. Not saying that it's okay, but why haven't we picked up on this before? Or is it because it was actually you know the frontal touching of the the male genitalia? Well, I think it's clearly the frontal touching which is the problem because you'll see bum taps go throughout everywhere. You know, TAB last year did a campaign with the NRL called the Tap Initiative where every time they scored a try, if somebody tapped them on the bum, they got money towards prostate cancer. They raised $100,000. So I think the, the bum tap is a very, and this is my point, and I don't know why I'm getting brought into it because the bum tap, is a very different situation than the frontal grab. I think the frontal grab doesn't look good on TV, but in saying that, 
still the only person who can be calling out sexual harassment, sexual assault is him. And we should take his word on that because I think if we're not taking his word on it now, when somebody does speak out, we're going to take their word on it then as well. Like, I mean, you've, you've got to at some stage trust the, the people and what they're saying. I actually think there's a, there's a hint of homophobia in it too. That's a big call though. That's a massive call. Yeah, because people say that's wrong because another man is touching oh, his... Oh, you're saying, you're saying from the, the wider, not necessarily yeah. them? No, oh, not, yes. not the yes. players. I'm okay. saying, yes. Sorry. Yep. saying I've got a problem with this because, oi, that shouldn't be happening. But every mate, every group of boys that I've ever had... Do you know, sack tapping. They do, they do it. That's they what do they do. Tapping. They do it. And they, they always think it's funny when somebody doesn't want it, like they're a little bit overly <laughs> aggressive, like, fuck off, man. I don't, I don't want my balls slapped again. <laughs> I mean, but then if we continue to condone it now and say it's just what boys do, it's just boys having fun, I mean, do you ever sort of see the end of it? And mm-hmm. younger guys seeing we that need, in the need- change rooms on camera... I mean, maybe it does kind of condone it, but it's just this kind of line of what is appropriate or what does actually need to be stamped out and raised. Is is showering, would you shower with your workmates naked? Because these guys do. This is where it's not a normal workplace and we need to understand that as society, that this is not a normal workplace. You know, three days later, Damien Hardwick's on camera yelling out, get out the fucking way, you fucking dumb cut. You know, like, that's not what you say to its to its player during the game. That's not how you treat your workmates either. There's a different standard of how we're held and there's a different standard of how we're held in society as well as athletes in terms of what we're not allowed to do. Um, and I think there are things that are getting blurred because of that. You don't have change rooms like this around your workplace. You don't speak to each other like you do in this such honest way. You go through different channels because you need things done instantly. I think that this, they would not have done that on TV again, but that's not to say they'll stop doing this in their change rooms. Hmm. It's interesting because, like, you, you would have known from, from years and years and years that there's cha- change room cameras. cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Really dumb. Um, I think as well, like, you you and I played with a girl called Kate Jenner who didn't like being touched mm. at all. She hated it, didn't even like a hug, didn't like an embrace. She just really was one of those people. I would never have touched her on the bum like that ever. We've also had a girl in, at Collingwood who hated nudity, so I would never get nude around her. Not for my, I don't mind being nude, but I didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable. And I think that's the key here that... You change how you feel, how you act around certain people. Um, you know, I kind of use the analogies of these players of who's watching them. I mean, we have a conversation and we'll swear we can say certain words around each other as adults. As soon as a child or a minor comes in, you kind of change how you speak and what you say, right? You're a bit more mindful. That's what these kind of players have to think about. When there's cameras on, you do have to be mindful of what you're doing, how you're behaving. Um, and I think it's, it's wrong that it's been... Um, played on primetime TV, but not necessarily wrong in how you're telling mates. So do you think then, I mean, with that kind of thought then, Parker, would you have changed your ways now of whether or not you would grab Catherine Suttery and hold her bottom when you know that maybe there's people taking well, firstly, I Well, firstly, I didn't um, hold her bottom. Secondly, I didn't know that photo was being taken. 
Um, was it, I, I think it's a perfectly timed photo. Perfectly where timed. I've grabbed it. I have. Yeah, I smacked. Um, which in my mind, and I won't stray away from this, I think is a perfectly acceptable thing to do in a sporting environment with a teammate that I'm very close with and still close with this to this day. You should see our laughs about it now. And, you know, she goes, it's not harassment if I liked it, Parker. You know, that was her first words that she said to me. Um, and then she's commented on one of the articles saying it was my highlight of our Olympics. <laughs> Which probably was true. It probably was true. Exactly. Around the danger. Like if we, if, if to be honest, we, we do, like we call it out, we're like bum taps and then everyone just gives out bum taps. Oh, well, <laughs> you know when I used to turn around, Ash, and people used to say, oh, put on your goggles because Parker's turning around and her nipples are out. You know, yes. like <laughs> the things that happen in change rooms, uh, things happen in change rooms and it's not, a, it's not a workplace environment. And especially when we're away on tour, Ash, I mean, at the moment, these guys are living away 24 hours a day. Does that mean they have to be in work mode for 24 hours a day? When are they allowed to be friends and when are they allowed to be working? Yeah, and then when, like, when they're in such isolation as well and hardly any people in the crowd, you kind of forgive them to, for thinking, for forgetting where they are. Yeah, I mean, they they feel silly and I'm sure they do, but I don't know. I think it's Storm and Teacup, very bored journalists out there. This happened 10 days ago and an article <laughs> was coming out today about yeah, me. Because someone's like, oh. reviewed the footage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's quite interesting. I was, I was laughing about it as well in, in some, I mean, like I said, I don't agree with the whole frontal tap with the, no, the yeah. I don't mind the bum slaps. I know that I'll I touch used to do it. And then, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know what, you, you would have already. I know that you probably have at some point in time, but like, it's just, I didn't take offence to it because it was just in jest a lot of the time and there was no sort of sexual innuendo about it. You didn't make me feel uncomfortable. I remember being on the field and um, Claire Messon scored a goal and I was so happy. I ran up, I ran up to her, jumped into her arms and I kissed her on the cheek. I don't know why. I just like, and I kind of went, well, you know, she didn't actually invite me to do that. I just went ahead and laid one on her, her cheek. And we laugh about it as well. And and so it's, it's a really <clears throat> interesting conversation that is hard when they're saying that, Sport is a work environment because it opens up a whole can of worms about that, about how coaches can actually talk to their uh, players, uh, vice versa. Um, so it might not be the end of it. I wonder whether or not that we further discussions just in, you know, drawing that line in the sand of what's a workplace and, and what's a, you know, a community sports team. Well, here's a question. I might actually put this out for our people's poll for next week. Do you think that change rooms should have cameras in them? This would have been avoided if they didn't have cameras. But that's where they do their song, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, AFLW, they don't come into our change rooms, they do it on the field. And I wonder if that's because we, our bodies, I'm not sure, um, we do it on there the field. There have been some incidents about nudity in the change rooms, hasn't there, that's been caught on camera and it's been, been broadcast. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think our opinion is going to matter because what matters is how much money that, you know, and access that you get to the football change rooms and that's where a lot of the interesting stuff happens and that's what people want to see. You know, it's very, very rare for someone to make it to an elite level and you think about all those fans and supporters out there, they want to know what goes on on that inner sanctum. 
Um, I think they'd find it fascinating to see, you know, what kind of dynamics are at work and at play and, you know, maybe some of the team strategies to warm up some of the discussions that they're going to have. So I can't see them going away from it, but maybe there needs to be something put into place where players are a little bit more aware of, all right, when you're in this environment, this is where the cameras is. Make sure you're on your best behaviour and you wouldn't do anything that you don't want kids to to see because it isn't appropriate for that age group. Wait till you get inside and, you know, you do your ice baths or what have you and you're behind closed doors. Um, You know, save that kind of for them. Going on from there, um, lately there's been a lot, well, lately, the last few days especially, there's been a lot of people, uh, AFL especially, NRL now following suit of... um, of online abusive messages uh, sent directly to players. Uh, Cal Ward from the GWS Giants, he's come out saying he he got a free kick and potentially well, did milk for the free kick a little bit and then had a barrage of assault because they ended up winning the game off of his kick. Uh, you know, death threats, in fact. Uh, death threats, um, I hope you do your ACL, all these things. Mitch Robertson's come along and supported, say, yeah, I don't care if you lose your multi off of me. Um, and it's, it's coming off of that online gambling. I mean, we're here talking with Sportsbet. We do not condone this kind of behaviour whatsoever. You, you bet within your means. You, you bet to have fun. And it, ultimately, you're the one that's lost your bet, not these players. So that's, that's our message and our standpoint from it. However, what... What has come from society to think that these kind of these kind of messages are okay? How do you stop it as an athlete? Not stop it. How do you not even read them, see them? These kinds of things. There's a whole lot to do it because social media is such a powerful platform in growing your brand, giving you work and and an income post career um, mm. and during it. It's really hard for these guys to be able to manage both. I think, think at, the, so. at the end of the day, when you when you look at it, you think as a player and well, as a player and a spectator, you're totally different. But as a player, after a game, you can have really strict rules with yourself that you don't pick up your phone, you don't do any of that. But you can always glimpse it, you can always see it. Unfortunately, when when you're mentioned, it's going to pop up on your screen. You might not want to read it, but it does read it. But then it's something in the message that actually gets your attention and you fully focus on it. And to his credit, I think the main thing that they're trying to uh, put shine a light on is that I'm okay with these comments. I don't take them on board, but I'm probably not the first person to feel like this and haven't, and they haven't spoken out. So a credit to these guys to actually say, you know, it's not, I'm okay with it, but you know, I've got, you know, water off a duck's back sort of mentality about it, but some other players <coughs> might go home and have some real issues in dealing with this sort of pressure And I think it's just this next level of player that they're becoming, that they're putting more of a focus on mental health. So it's a credit to them. And I don't think it's easy by all means because we're such a, um, I don't know, phone dominant (laughs) era that you can't get away from it. And it's easy for people to say, "Just, just, just don't worry about it. Just ignore it. No, that's not how things change. It blows my mind, actually, that there are people out there that feel as though that they can do this. In any game, in any sport, there are always going to be contentious decisions that are made that are going to favour one team or result in a team getting a win over another team. 
And at the end of the day, the players who are playing the game, who it should technically matter to most, the most yeah. walk off the field and is job done. They don't then get on Twitter and tweet Callum Ward and say, hey, mate, you took the biggest flop ever. How dare you? You made us lose. They don't get on there and do that. So I don't understand why fans feel it so. They then have the right to go and do that. You know, Andrew Bogert said something as well on it, and he said, place a bet, lose, be an adult about it. And, you know, gambling is a little bit like sport. When you enter it, you have to either you either win or you lose, and you need to be an adult about it and how you actually handle that. Mm-hmm. And taking to Twitter isn't going to solve whether or not you have won or lost a bet. It's them taking out their frustrations, the only way that obviously they know how to deal with it. So it is just ridiculous, but be a gracious loser and just kind of go, I played the game and I lost and deal with it that way. Don't be an idiot and get on Twitter and think that you're going to solve life's issues by tweeting Callan Ward and saying, hey, mate, you cost me my multi. It's just ridiculous. Oh, it's outrageous. And, I mean, the the amount of people that hide behind an avatar, that hide behind an egghead with a name of John Smith, 12737212, the amount of people that do that. I jokingly said on, on Twitter last week, I said, you should have to have a licence to be on social media. It needs to be regulated more you sh- can't have bogus accounts. You can't have um, burner accounts that you start just trolling people for no reason. Um, because, I mean, I-, I tweeted once that maybe, just maybe James Hurd wasn't such a good coach and didn't have Essendon players' best interests at heart during their scandal. thought maybe that was probably a fair assumption and statement. I then have Essendon supporters telling me that I should go kill myself and watch myself in the street. You know, where do they get off from saying things like that? I mean, I'm not going to go and do that. But like you said, it's some people aren't as thick-skinned as other people and it just takes one bad comment, especially in the, the, the epidemic of depression and, and suicide that we've got at the moment. Mm. Um, it just It just worries me and I do hope that, you know, if you're one of those people that think that you can... Um, abuse people online that you've never met that you actually would never say this to their face. I think if you would never say that to somebody's face, um, don't say it. Yeah, the profession, unfortunately, it does, it's open to Um, criticism, you know, and I don't have a problem with being an athlete or being in the public eye and receiving criticism for a poor performance because you've got to take the good with the bad and people revel in getting positive feedback for when they play well. So if you're making a statement which is analytical, you're talking about statistics, um, ways to improve the game, I don't have an issue with that. Pure analysis of the game, I don't have a problem. I mean, we call a spade a spade. At the end of the day, Collingwood played poorly against West Coast Eagles and also the Dockers, and we said they played poorly. But then when you individualise it and actually make it into something about go jump off a bridge or your Collingwood players, I mean, that is just next level and not called for. And it makes me feel sorry for old Egghead or the guy with the burner account or lady with the burner account to think that that's what they have to do in order to build up their self-esteem. I mean, it is a reflection on them, not on Callum Ward or any other player that's receiving these threats. Absolutely. 
It's a little over half time. We've been talking a little bit too much just because part of it was about me. So that's why we're probably over time. But it's probably two-thirds time with half with Nelson. But we're going to go with half time Nelson because that's all I've got for you for your sting. So it's a really great sting as always. It's the halftime show of this stupid and pointless podcast, which means it's half Nelson with Ashley. Georgie, please tap me on the bum, Nelson. Wow, amazing. If somebody searched hard enough, they should be able to find a photo of that. (laughs) (laughs) Ash, actually, I've got a photo of you kissing my forehead. Yes, I did. See, there you go. I, I kissed you as well. <laughs> yeah, Claire Merson wasn't the only other one that I kissed. Yep. I think I, there's a photo of you and I holding hands walking out of the um, building in Argentina as well, talking to each other. Yeah, Anywho. Okay. We'll, yeah, we'll go. We digress. Go. We're having very We digress. <laughs> okay, guys, get excited because none other than Shane Warney Warn has released a fragrance. Have you ever wanted to smell like Shane Warn? Bubs, I ask you. Ever wanted to smell like Shane Warn? Uh, no, not particularly. Well, now but- you can. <laughs> You know what's funny about this? I think the Shane Warne of his playing days would smell very different to the Shane Warne of today. Well, okay, if I, this is a question, what would Shane Warne, if you were going to get a Shane Warne fragrance, which you can, is SW23, sells for $49.95, what would the Spin King smell warehouse. like, in your opinion? What do you smell like? Yeah, like Currently, what would you be? Diuretics what would you be expecting if you bought SW23? Um, shed some weight a little bit. Um, you can't smell that. You can't smell <laughs> that. What, what would you think he would smell like? Um, was, pine the cones. Smell, the smell <laughs> of confidence. <laughs> Fake tan, bit of hair gel. Yeah, hair gel, spiky hair. I mean, and like I said, the smell of of deep heat. <laughs> it's probably a good one, actually. Probably there's a bit of deep heat involved. It would have been. Oh well, no, he wouldn't have worn deep. He wouldn't have worn deep heat. He would not have prepared. He would have just rolled out. He would well, have. Appara- had- Apparently, this has got notes of uh, bergamot, mandarin leaf, cardamom, and crisp apple. So there's a bit of citrus okay. flavor, kind of flavor smell, kind of going on there. Um, which, I wasn't. I wasn't far off pinecone. No, pinecone and deep heat. I think that that would have been fairly reflective of SW twenty three. But maybe for forty nine ninety five, they've gone a bit more refined. But anyway, good news. If you are a fan of Shane Warne, you can get yourself to Chemist Warehouse and take a good smell of um, Shane Warne. I actually thought he might have been a little <laughs> bit more Lynx, Lynx Africa. Um, <laughs> but my question to you guys is: Who would you like to smell like? If there was any other athlete out there, who would you spritz yourself with? You'd have. As soon as you said this, you know, in our notes, in our that I read very finely, Georgie. Well done, thank you. Well, you went off Uh, task anyway, Georgie, from the outset. But anyway, well done, Bubs. I read, and I what poked out to me was not not smell like, and I don't know why, but John Daly just. Emerged in my brain. I'm like, don't, John Daly. Don't, you don't want to smell like John Daly. Oh. I do not want to smell like John Daly. That I, is I don't know why, huge. but <laughs> that is the best call you've ever made. Honestly, like, I don't know why, but it, it, his, his image just popped up into my brain walking a golf course with a cigar, a cigar. and alcohol and 
He would oh. just smell like the day after. That's yeah, what he'd smell like. He's oh really like clubber, like Club Bay View, like dirty carpet Clubber. with like a stench of, yeah, cigarette cigars and your you hair know, stinks. Moldy cheese, like just like, <laughs> you know, when when you've been, you know, kept in an awkward position for a really long time and, you, and your skin kind of sticks together and that sweaty, musty smell and, and you give it like the, cre- like the crease a little bit of a sm- sniff, yeah. it smells like that. <gasps> mm. All right, so John Daly's out. So he's not getting his own fragrance line, clearly. Um, so that's fine. Yeah, who do you not want to smell I like? But also on top of that, who, who else should get their own fragrance line? Well, I think Roger Federer just, he looks like he'd smell nice, doesn't he? He just, I think they'd be like air freshener. You know, it just would be like really crisp, clean kind of notes. Like cuddly. Like he should be the cuddly ad. Yeah, maybe. I think he would smell, but I mean, if you're going to, and if we're going down now the tennis line, I've just can't stop thinking about tennis players because I probably should have thought about this earlier, but I didn't. Um, Anna Kornikova, always pretty, must always smell good. Yes, true. That is true. Like, I want to um, I, I was actually thinking about what Nick Curios's fragrance would smell like. <laughs> well, and whether, or like. I feel like if I was going out for a night on the town, maybe I could spritz myself a bit of Nick Curios. I, I feel I'd be up for a big night. I can confirm that Nick Curios smells like strip clubs. <laughs> As somebody who has attended a strip club with Nick Curios. <laughs> Why? So, <laughs> how did you find yourself in this situation where like Georgie? <laughs> well, Nick Kyrgios, that's what. Um, just after the Australian Open, just found myself um, out with Nick Kyrgios and uh, at a strip club. At a strip club of his choosing. Well, you, both, been, you, both to, oh, you went together, been, or did you just both happen to go to the same? No, strip no, club? no. We went together. There was about ten, ten or us, ten of us, maybe ten, Two twelve Ubers. of us. Two Ubers worth. Two Ubers worth. Yes, um, an Uber XL and a normal Uber. So yeah, but, but obviously Nick isn't, um, you know, an expert or he'd been know. there every night that week. He said. Yeah, but so. he doesn't know <laughs> that he needs to bring cash to the event. What's he doing? Stuffing <laughs> credit cards in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we went there and he uh, ordered a massive, big round of drinks, and um, it was came to a hundred and whatever dollars, and he just pulled out his, I think it was the time of day of why, because it was late at night. Um, he pulled out his, you know, Amex black and he just goes, here, chuck it on that. And they go, oh, we only take cash. And he just goes, oh, okay, everybody give some cash. And Which no um, one carries cash now, like, so that no, would have been the no. strip club. It might have been because it was an American Express car. Patet, yeah, well, my, whatever. He, anyway, he um, then... Uh, Somebody gave two $5 notes and he just pulls them up and goes, whose are these? And some, like, guy goes, oh, they're mine. And he goes, here, threw it at me. He goes, take him. You clearly need them. (laughs) I was like, um, that's, I'll take it. I would have been like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm sure that there probably would have been a few other people there that would have taken the $10 and run as well. So, yeah, it was uh, it was quite fun. I was there with like a little Hungarian tennis player. She goes, I just turned 18 this week. I'm like, on your first night out is with Nick Kyrgios. She goes, yeah, how cool is that? I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> At the strip club. Out of bed. But <laughs> there, there's a plenty of stories to go from that night, but I'm going to maybe pull it there because I don't think. 
but uh, some of them shouldn't come to light. Uh, right. Well, I mean, now we can confirm what Nick Kyrgios's fragrance smells, smells would like be. A, what one was it called? Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Men's? Men's. Men's in the city of Melbourne. Oh. Right. There you go. Men's. I'll look it up. Men's. I, you know who I wouldn't be surprised who brings out a fake fragrance? Nat Fife. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I would not be His surprised wife, if he brings Matt one Pavlich out. Matt Pavlich would smell nice. Yeah. You know what? I, 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 I know Matt. I've never noticed him not smelling nice. So, you know, that's a good sign. <laughs> but I can't remember I, off the top of my head what, no. you know, his distinct scent. What maybe do you just, think, maybe what just do get you a Fremantle Docker one. What, what do you think makes somebody bring out a fragrance, though? Like, what, what was Shane thinking? Well, his you is actually his is all going to charity. Every mm. Oh, well, yes. Tick a box. Bloody oath. We that's love exactly that. Why? But <laughs> I, delved, that I delved into this because I thought, well, is bringing out your own fragrance the new uh, t shirt line? <laughs> well, is it profitable? I mean, should I be considering, hey, what's my scent? Well, the Kardashians um, will do it. Hey, what's what my if, scent? If the Kardashians yeah. can do it, Ash Nelson from Little Old Perth can do it. <laughs> You're from um, Wage and Friends. Hamish and Andy did one. They did. What was it? it was Andy by Hamish? Yes. Or Hamish by Andy, one of the two. I can't quite remember how Andy it went. Went, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like if you get sponsored by like a, you know, fragrance company or whatever, it's like every bottle that you sell, you can get a dollar from the bottle or something like that. So if you sell a lot of bottles, well, then it can be quite profitable just to put your name to it and not really have too much of a say on... What, yeah. what, it, what it actually smells like. But I don't know if <laughs> anyone would want to buy Wagen by Ashley Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> or no one would definitely want to buy Collingwood. <laughs> if it released an AFL line, no one. <laughs> what would be the well, most famous, just... the, best co- the best AFL scent? Collingwood would be far, far down the bottom. <laughs> well, Wagen. Wagen would smell like sheep. Isn't that awful? I mean, no one likes no one likes the smell of sheep going, like a sheep truck going past. So I think that I might have to give this a miss. But yeah, I think Collingwood <clears throat> might be quite far down the line. Mind you, they've got a big supporter base, so who knows? There might be a few bottles sold just, just because because yeah. <laughs> of that. Potato. I'm a potato. Stop singing. All right, and this is our, we're very much persisting with this. We've got our very, very iconic now, they're iconic, the Spud Awards, where we nominate the fries of the week. Uh, that's what we're all aiming for. Um, anywhere down from the mashed potato all the way down to the worst of the week, the worst performer, the potato, the Spud of the week. Uh, what is it? Boiled potato of the week. I don't even know my own. Um, this segment's going great, Guns. You've really <laughs> hit great. it hard. That's what I do. Um, we're, we're ending this podcast off in a high. <laughs> it's never been any higher. Um, we've got the Spud Awards. So, Ashley, are you nominating any fries or boiled potatoes? Give us a go. I am going for some fries this week, guys. All about the fries. Um, I'm going to give some fries to the Yoronga Devils, who is a Queensland oh, football club. Love. 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 If love. you haven't seen this yet... Get on and look on Twitter and search the um, Yoronga Devils. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but I hope I am. Because they learned Auslan for their hearing impaired teammates so that they could sing the song as well as sign the song um, for her. 
and they all got together. She didn't know that they had learnt Auslan in order to, you know, sign the song and it came as a great shock to her and at the end of it she was signing back, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just thought oh. that that was very, very special she, and I know a lot of people resonated watching uh, watching that. And She said that she didn't know, she didn't even know the words because she'd never heard it before and for the first time she'd heard, like, she, she could understand what they were singing. It was beautiful. Yeah, so I think it, the it, captain of the side works uh, for, like, a hearing impaired organisation and so she actually got somebody to interpret the song and put it into Auslan's and then they recorded it on video so that everybody else could actually practice. get the video practice so that when they did it, everyone knew how to, to go about it. So good stuff. That's not even fries. That's like top of the range. That's poutine. That's, that's like no. you've got your fries with like a bit of, you know, that is like, cheese curd and yeah, gravy. Yeah, loaded is fries, loaded fries. Fries uh, with gravy. Yeah. It really is. I love it. It's a Perth uh, hockey stadium, chips and gravy. Ooh. If no one knows what that is, you've got to go to Perth hockey stadium. They've got the best chips and gravy going around. That was actually one of my fries today, Ash, but I've got a couple more. Um, for me, the other fries was Chad Warner's mum who left brownies for the team in Joondalup when Sydney Swans arrived. <laughs> How good is that? That is so cute. <laughs> She's, she's left them in like a little tin and it's like, welcome to WA, Sydney Swans, we love the swans, gluten-free, no nuts, <laughs> in, in little hearts. Good on you, Mum. That's something. That's wholesome content right there. That is. I love that. And the Spud, my Spud Award goes to, like, Ed, Eddie, McGu- Eddie McGuire came uh, in late. He's, he's, he's he got, he got hit two weeks, in, two weeks in a row. Eddie's been nominated for he's, the old boiled well, potato. He's going to win the award. He's going to be the, the Spud King. He's yeah. like... Imagine the outfits <laughs> the girls would be able to wear because it'll be quite warm up there. Eddie Maguire on holding the 2020 AFL Brownlow Awards in Brisbane. That is Ma- just... And this is, his pro- it is, this is his problem of, being, of having so many hats. He's a commentator, media presenter, radio host, and then president of a club. And this is why he's opening himself up to so many, um, so much critique because of everything he's saying. You know, if he said that, um, and had, if he had no ties to the Collingwood Football Club and he said that anyone should, who does the wrong thing should get sent home, that whole Nathan Buckley thing would have been blown over much quicker than it did. Instead, it lingered for an extra week, affected his team for much longer than it had to because he's got his finger in so many pies. So just, I think some Eddie might need to just take a step back on a couple yeah. of things. He's, it's a bit too much going on there. I actually had one more spud. Can I jump in? Yeah, of course. Too much? No? Um, no. I actually I've I've awarded a spud, the boiled potato, to the referee that um, disallowed Messi's goal on the weekend because of a handball. Now, he's gone to VAR to actually put the goal to disallowed because it went in, everything was fine, and then VAR brought it back because they thought he handballed it. Clearly not a handball, and then we find out that it's the re- it's the referee that disallowed another goal in the World Cup for Argentina, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be that he has a bit of a thing with Messi. Peter, 
plot that's thickens. That's not that's like it. that's not like football slash soccer to be cheating and <laughs> hey, 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 hey. and corrupt. What's so unusual? <laughs> I know. Just... Check his bank account, see if he's got any large payments from <laughs> oh, <mate>. Qatar. <laughs> I can just imagine. Um well, okay, well I've got a, a big fry. It's to Andrew Bogart. Um it's just just a tweet that he said. Uh, fittingly, Georgie Parker easily wins best female. Uh, oh no, sorry, that's the wrong. <laughs> is this that's is this George one. Parker? Is that George Parker's account? No, but sorry, George, just the wrong. George Parker. Actually, um, I was going to. I was wondering whether or not George Barker was going to uh, um, send well, a, no, a letter this need, week. I don't need to because Bogan's just there telling me how great I am anyway. But no, uh, mine. Uh, my fry of the week is Channel 7, who had an incredible documentary last week on the Sydney Olympics. Did you Olympics. guys check it out? I yeah. only have seen parts of it, but I have all my intention uh, to go back and watch it because I heard very, very good things. It is absolutely brilliant. Like, I look back and think, Nikki Webster, 13-year-old girl, how old is she? Eight, yeah. 13? No, at the time, yeah, she was. I think she actually was like a little bit older than. I think she was thirteen. I think she but was got 13. made to kind of look eight. Yeah, either way, but she was amazing. Amazing. This entire thing, just how well it was done. Um, and I mean, I watched it when I was eleven, but I didn't really watch it. And this, you just saw so much behind the scenes, the meaning behind it all. It is absolutely brilliantly done um, with some iconic names that are running it. Um, made me go back and look at highlights of people like Roy and HG. Oh, the things. best. The best. And it was so nostalgic in a time that is a pretty shitty time, especially for these Olympic athletes who have been, you know, their dreams are on hold and we're not sure whether or not next year will go ahead. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty for those Olympic athletes. So at a time where there was so much uncertainty, it was nice to have this sort of feeling of fondness watching that um, and, and being proud about your country and, and why you do it, who you're representing. So it's done absolutely brilliantly. 10 out of 10 recommend watching it. Definitely do that. Absolutely loved it. Um, Bubs, if you got time, you're busy. You're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Warm and fuzzies. Oh, I, I need some in Melbourne, so definitely. All right, well, well, that's our time. We're five minutes over. Sorry uh, for taking extra five minutes of your time, but I'm sure it's positively good content for you guys. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, tell your mates. Um, don't get offended over things that don't matter. Don't touch your mates on the cock on TV. Um, <laughs> and good luck if you're having a punt, gamble responsibly. See you next week. Bye. Bye.